This is an Area Code podcast. I'm feeling it already. And my oh arm's a little, like, sore. Ouch. But ice cream feels really... <laughs> like, ice cream tastes really good when you're on the second <laughs> I don't like ice cream. Oh, so you do have a flaw. Wow. <laughs> so cancel your plans to Chicago, Steve, because... Yeah, I'm not seeing you. You're gonna find out that no, I'm there. Wait, no, wait, no, I'll, I'll eat Instagram it. Story. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna know that I'm there. <laughs> We're gonna eat, eat ice cream without you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna hear audio. You're not, I'm not gonna tag you in it though, but you're gonna hear audio on someone's story being like, "Do you hear Felicia doesn't like ice cream?" <laughs> She's gonna like, "Yeah, this story." <laughs> Cancel me. I'm Ashley Whitehurst, and I've been performing and directing and teaching and producing improv and sketch comedy for almost 15 years. I think poop jokes are funny. I'm Felicia McLeod, an improviser, writer, voiceover actress, and just started reading tarot cards. Hit your girl up. Hi, my name is Steve Hahn. I'm an improviser, on-camera actor, and director, and my estranged father has tried to connect with me on LinkedIn before. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back to Comedy Has an Ouchie. I'm Ashley. I'm Felicia. I'm Steve. And we do not have a guest today. That's okay, though. Right? We've got each other. (laughs) I I think like having, you know, guests sometimes and not having guests sometimes is nice because it's like you can't only have, you know, like, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor that's food related, but my metaphor was ice cream and we just found out Felicia doesn't like ice cream. Felicia does not like ice cream. (laughs) We would not hate ice cream. Mm. I just don't want it on my plate, you know? Wow. That's well, you put it in a bowl. So, <laughs> yeah. Already, so, checkmate. Okay. Already, already, this is a flawed argument. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how are you two doing? It's so good to see your lovely faces. How are we feeling? It's good to see your faces. I just got the facts. Facts? Wow. <laughs> I just got the facts. So, I am. Which one did you get? Moderna or Pfizer? I had Pfizer. <gasps> Round Pfizer two of Pfizer. Yes. Because it started with a P. My name starts with a P and I feel like I had to. Had to. Uh. Had to. So, <laughs> so yeah, for our listeners, if uh, Felicia starts speaking a different language at any point or whatever, just roll with it. That's what, that's what vaccines do yeah. to you. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact that there's microchips in the vaccine. It's nice, huh? Same. I woke up and I was like, I feel Microsoft Office rebooted inside of me. <laughs> I'm feeling Word. I'm hearing Excel. I'm speaking in PowerPoint. I'm all oh, MS DOS. Bullets. bullets. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you're MS DOS, man. You you went yeah. all the way back. You got the big yeah. floppy disk. <laughs> the green keys, man. Back in the day. But with MS DOS comes uh, Oregon Trail. So, boom. So you're welcome, there listeners. You wow i i never played that oh no a lot of times people just died it was really sad yeah i remember there was like a big meme of dysentery would kill people yeah okay hey y'all what's hurting comedy today what are we talking about so we are talking about something that is near and dear to our hearts as is every week's topic this is not unique um but we are talking today about how institutions feed the idea that success is linear and when it's not they benefit off of that delusion. The delusion Whoa. of the people they're feeding that to, that is. Yes, we are, I think, talking about institutions feed the idea <laughs> that success is linear <laughs> when it's not and benefit off of the delusion. Yeah. And this is why I yeah. say that you're the unproblematic DJ talent <laughs> of Chicago comedy. We are talking <laughs> about <laughs> institutions <laughs> feeding the idea that success is linear when it is not and that they benefit off of that delusion. Linear, linear, time, space, continuum. Great. Uh, no, for real, though, we're talking about this idea that we are fed when we come to these institutions that you do certain steps and you will get a certain thing. And that is just not how it is. Uh, and we want to talk about how that thought process and sort of idea that is kind of crammed down our throats sets us up for failure and disappointment and maybe some tears. Yeah. It's 
time for level two improv. Let's get into it. What's really going on here? We're going to go deep, not wide on a specific issue in comedy, at our institutions, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So success is not linear, yet we are told and led to believe that it is. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, so we all come from, uh, we've all worked in places that like aren't comedy, right? We've all like done day the, jobs. The, yes. the day jobs that like mm. are, I'm not going to say normal because I don't want to normalize not comedy or whatever, but right. Like we've all done jobs where like you are told you do this for this amount of time. But like I, for example, I worked at, uh, at a consulting firm, uh, right out of college where I did healthcare consulting. So I joined on the team as a, what was my title? A specialist. And then I was a specialist. And then after I was a specialist, I became, they were like, okay, you are here for two years. Then you'll become an analyst. And then after an analyst, you'll become a consultant. And then after consultant, you'll become a VP of some kind or whatever. I don't know. There's like, there's like lines, a senior, senior consultant. And then there you go, whatever. Right. But you're told, you know, you do this for two years and you get this, you do this for two years, you get this, you do this for three years, you get this, right? It's the same thing with like med school. You do, you know, you you go, you do pre-med for four years and then you go to med school for four years and then you do your residency. And then after your residency, you, you know, go, you get sorted, you know, you get matched or you get matched to your residency rather. And then, you know, there's like a, like a list of things that you go, right? But comedy is not the same way. Mm hmm but a lot of these institutions feed you the idea of like you take this class and then you get to be put on this herald team or you get to be on one of the stages um and then that's how you move forward with your career mhm mm yeah and and then what happens is we see examples where somebody didn't follow the that that type of line or that type of whatever program it is and get to skip quote unquote skip steps and I know I've framed it that way in the past where it's just like, oh, that person didn't even do conservatory. Like, that doesn't feel fair. When in reality, they just took a different way to get to their their version of success and maybe mine is coming later or won't or whatever. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, it's like I think like, I remember when um, I was first starting out, I remember hearing like this, like p people would be like, not to me explicitly, but say like, oh, it's not fair that like, you know, you've done this for X, Y, Z. And I, I've mm. also internalized that in turn and have felt that about other people. And it's like, it's not, mm. it's not linear. I mean, that that's also true for the not comedy world too. But I think especially in comedy, it's like, there's not one linear way to do it. And it, it just, it, it's not impossible to make it linear, but it's just not linear in any way, right? The way in which you like get an opportunity is usually never linear. The way in which you, um, get like paid is not linear either right like for yeah. a lot of people you get you do like unpaid shows multiple nights a week for like years and then like one day something might happen you know what i mean but it's just not there's like not a correlation there yeah and it's 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 a really hard lesson to learn and still like kind of keep telling yourself and i i don't know who it was i think it was the guy who played stanley on the office i think i read an interview oh. with him at some point and he was like I like have been doing this. I did a day job and then I decided to do this. And now like I got, I got this. And it was like a very interesting lesson in like, Oh, you don't have to do the thing that everybody says you have to do in the order you have to do it. Because sometimes human beings aren't ready for that specific thing at that specific moment. And we have to recognize that so much of our success. I mean, I personally, this is my philosophy is, is, mostly talent and hard work, but a lot of luck, a lot of being in the right place at the right time and being seen by the right person. And it doesn't mean that I, the person next to me didn't do the right, take the right path. I, we just took different paths. Yeah. I think like, I guess like a question I'll posit maybe that we can all Ooh. use as a springboard for us. What, um, like, what was your journey? Like, cause all of us stopped taking classes before we met, like all of us are like we're working in a building or performing in a building in some capacity that was like not from a student perspective. What was your journey in terms of like when you first started and like what steps did you take to get to where you were? 
Maybe this episode can be like an origins episode story, like a like oh, a. Oh, you know, you're so <laughs> Marvel right now. Those <laughs> <laughs> you who aren't listening, I am very obsessed with Marvel, and Falcon and Winter Soldier is so good. Watch it; it's Watch so it. gory. It's got therapy in it. How? What more can you ask it's for? It's so gory. <laughs> There's like blood and killing, and you see the blood. It's it's good. Mm. Um, okay, but but an or if this is our origins episode, if you will, um, uh, what like how what. What did like? When did you start? What did you do? Like, what classes did you take to get from point A to point whatever you were at when before the pandemic? Oh, that's I like this question. I like the origin stories. Um, I started at Second City taking A through E, and then you know how you have to take like a Meisner class. Um, mm-hmm. and I went through Green Shirt for that, and then got into Conservatory. Went through Conservatory. Hmm. Um, and then what uh, I guess well I, I don't know how to ask this without you telling what year it was if you don't want to say what year it was oh what, I don't what, mind what year what, Plus, what year did you start uh, I believe 2012 I started level A oh, when Blue Ivy was born okay so um, <laughs> Ivy Carter. she's sponsoring okay. us today Okay, so um, I mean, she wishes. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> she wishes. oh my god, sorry, 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 Blue Ivy, sorry, Beyonce. We're so sorry. She is a supporter of this pod, and you did this to her. The agency was listening to this. I'm sorry. Um, okay, okay. So, so you started. Okay, so you went through conservatory. Okay, then what was the next steps? Because you, because if you don't know, if you don't know this already, for people listening, Felicia was like on the Herald Commission and everything. You know, she mm-hmm. was. She, she was like high. Mm-hmm. She was high priestess of Chicago. <laughs> yep. so, so, okay. So how did you get? So how did? So after conservatory. So what year did you graduate conservatory? I graduated conservatory. Wow. Um. Oh my God. I don't remember what year that was. Let me look it up. Um, was it right after A three E? Right after A three E. So you did A three E, which takes uh, uh ten months to do. And then I didn't year. get through. I didn't get into conservatory the first time I auditioned for it. I got into it the second time. Ooh, I got okay. into conservatory, that's and then that's another we'll thing we got to talk about. Yes, So I didn't get the first time. The second time I did get in, and then when you go through, is it conservatory after three? You have to audition again. So I think it's two, two, three. Like at the end of level two, you have to audition again to get into level three. So level two, yeah. Uh, my whole class audition, and we all got in together. I think except for one person, mm. and then, um, yeah. And then I went, and I started doing a bunch of shows with a bunch of different people, and then I started doing the diversity show at IO, mm. and then that's when I got asked to come for Harold auditions. Got onto a Herald team, did a bunch of Over shows at IO. Mm-hmm. Got onto Nectar, okay. my babies. So what year um, did Nectar form then? Hmm? What year was that that Nectar formed? I should know this. Um, Why I'm asking you for years? I just <gasps> want people to know. You know, it takes time. Like, this, it, starts, it takes time. Yeah. yeah, but everyone's journey is really in terms of time and journey and like qu- quantity and quality is so different. I don't know a single. I think there's like a most traditional path, which would be like. And I guess taking A through E and then you do like conservatory and IO at the same time is a pretty common one I find. And then, you know, after that you do the pool or you get, if it was a little few years ago, you get put on a Herald team. There's like a traditional path, but everyone's really is so different. So anyway, it, okay. So, so then, I think it was 2018. Okay. Wow. 2018. Okay. So then that was when Nectar formed. Okay. That was when uh, Nectar formed. If I'm wrong, I apologize. Yeah. Um, the page mania is going to come. Sorry. Come. 2017. Okay. Um, we reformed and then started doing a bunch of shows there. And then what the Herald team or what the Herald commission does is sometimes they'll have volunteer people come and help out when they do auditions. And then I came and I saw how they like led the audition and how like warm the room was and how thoughtful they were when going through everybody and like going through the auditions. And then they asked me to be a part of the Herald commission. And I got on the commission. And you did Bob Curry in twenty nineteen. Uh, in twenty nineteen, was on Bob Curry. Mm-hmm. And then we we got hired to teach a second city together. Actually, we were in yeah, the same we workshop. Thing that, like we that we were the two people that they hired from it. So it took me what was that two thousand twelve to twenty nineteen twenty nineteen to like even get on Bob Curry because I was auditioning for Bob Curry every year too when they not the first year but every other year after that. 
and then I wasn't in mm. it until BC six. Gotcha. Wow. Mm. Wow. What a okay, journey. Actually, let, yeah, my turn. Let's, let's go through your I was just, story. Well, Felicia was uh, doing that. I was quickly looking up. Okay, so I auditioned for and got into Second City Conservatory in 2010. Uh, did you do but, A through E or anything in Chicago prior to that? I did not. I did a, a, a program in D, the D.C. area at WIT. Oh, DC um, has a pretty big improv scene. It does, yeah. There's a there's a bunch of people here. Uh, Katie Klein is one of them. Who uh, yeah, she yes. moved out here before I did, and uh, was a star out there, and so it was amazing to watch her. Um, yeah, so I moved out here, uh, and then so I did IO and Second City at the same time, which I do not recommend to anybody. <laughs> uh, I wish somebody. But you did conservatory me. specifically and IO at the same time. Yes. Which is wow. very different from doing A through E and yes. IO at the same time. Because conservatory, you learn how to like write and yes. sketch. And then IO is all about, the IO curriculum is all about like organic, you know, cauldron spinning improv, right? <laughs> Openers. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're they they're on they're on the same train track, and then they split at both at like the almost the same time as far as like what philosophies they're sort of teaching, and so, and this this kind of gets into this like linear thing. My oh, thinking was, if I get these programs done, I'll you know hopefully then I'll be ready for the next thing. And mm -hmm. I wish I would have taken one at a time because like patience is such a good thing to have in this industry. Um, so yeah, I didn't get on the Herald team. I actually went back and took because I think for a while they were allowing you to retake five five Bs. Uh, I don't know if they still did that when right before everything was getting shut down. And then I got put on the pool from that a couple years later. I can't remember the years, um, but finished conservatory. Then I did the music conservatory at Second City, so musical hmm. improv. Um, and what year was that? I think that was two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. So right after conservatory. Right after, yeah, because because okay. uh, yeah, this is like. This this is like hyper Ashley who was just like I, if I if if I walk away for even a month I'll miss everything you know yeah um so yeah and then I I don't know I was doing shows sketch shows writing and then I got hired there to teach at Second City to teach about four years ago um and then I was doing the pool at I O and then I, I did not wind up getting placed um actually I quit. I was in the pool for a long time and I was like, um, I don't think I'm going to get placed. Let me just like move on from this. I don't think it's like happening here. So yeah. And then I was doing some annoyance classes, but that's it. So yeah, 2010, I'd say is when I started my journey here and have been sort of just like flopping around ever since. How's that mm -hmm. for an origin story? Love we it. love that origin story. I love when it starts. <laughs> I love. I love when it starts in another city and then you come back because then you can Me always too. have a you can always have a return to origin true. story where you go back to the DMV Maybe area. Yeah, and you assassinate Trump. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. With, with, that, uh, with, that, with object work. <laughs> yes. Pew pew. Steve, what's your origin story? <laughs> My origin story. Um, I. Uh, with I, I I went to the University of Chicago where I did not do anything comedy related, um, and I started do uh, I took a second city class that you should, was teaching at U Chicago Senior Spring, and I almost mm. gave the class up because I hated improv and I was like, Ugh, why improv sounds weird, but I I got it because I liked Second City stuff because mm -hmm. I had yeah. just seen Red Line runs through it with my dorm, and I was like, oh, I think Second City is cool. Like those are some gnarly fellas up there, you know. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So I was like, maybe I'll take this class, but I want to give it up for such a stupid reason because it, it was a three-hour class once a week at U Chicago, and I wanted to give it up because it 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 uh, happened on Thursdays, and uh, I was the head of the admissions office, like the student, the head student, and we do April overnights in April for admitted students, and it's like a big event. It starts from seven a.m. to eleven p.m. It's like the the one event that I was in charge of for like the whole year and um I, they're on thursday they start on thursdays twice and so i was gonna i was like oh my god what if i'm like late it was such a stupid reason to give up the second city class so i like have like this facebook status where i was like does someone want the second city class like i don't want it anymore but then someone messaged me and was like you should take this class like i think you'll really benefit from it and it was my senior spring so i was like whatever like what do i have to lose so i took this class my senior spring and then um, Julie Nichols taught the class, who is the M who's an MD at Second City, and uh, she's so good. Um, she's so she, good. She's so good. She and she MD'd the award-winning show um, Southside 
of have South Side of Heaven, South Side from yep. he- South Side of Heaven, which is like the which is the 99th review. It's so, it's such a good show. Anyway, so she's phenomenal. So Julie Nichols was like, you should continue doing this. And Matt Van Colton was my other teacher, and he was like, you got like you mm-hmm. know like if you mm-hmm. like this, you should continue doing it. So. They helped me sign up for my, um, they like pointed me in the direction to sign up for my first class. I took A through E Express. So I did like the five month version where you do like two classes a week and you finish each term in four weeks rather than eight. And I did that because I was like, I'm, I, I, I hate my day job. I was working as a consultant. This was 2017. And I was like, I hate my day job. I don't know what I'm doing. I just graduated from college and I'm like feeling really lost in terms of, I don't want to go to medicine, but that's what everyone's telling me I should do. So, um, uh, and I was working at a finance job as a gap year thing before med school application. So I was like, you know, trying to make all of it work. Anyway, I was taking these classes and they were the only thing that really brought me joy. So I was like, okay, I'll stick with this. Um, and I really liked my class. And then I had a level C class with Jeannie Cahill Griggs mm-hmm. and my level D was with Annalise Toff. So like in one term I had Jeannie and Annalise together and Jeannie told me I should audition for Bob Curry and Annalise like yes and did that and um and introduced me to Tian who like I talked to about um just asked her some questions about like what the program entailed and whatnot and then I ended up auditioning for Bob Curry right out of um A through E and so I auditioned in 2018, January, and then I got Bob Curry, and then I did Bob I did Bob Curry till 20 middle of 2018. I did Urban Twist right out of 2018, which is like a show, and so that was end of 2018. And then I got hired to teach in 2019, and yeah, that's and then I got hired to do Bizcos in 2019. or 2018 2018 this is such a yes what amazing origin story but this is exactly such a good example of how success is not linear like you got all these things and then they hired you to teach and sometimes it's not that way right sometimes it's completely flipped uh, or you got these things got an agent got 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 to teach and sometimes it doesn't happen in that order and i think we see this and we go okay Steve did it this way. I'm going to do it the way Steve did it because it looks like that's sort of the way we're supposed to be doing it. And then it doesn't happen for this person. And I think that's where the institutions do a really bad job of like framing and preparing us for for that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And something that I really like, I think when I tell that story out loud, especially especially when I look at my first year of comedy where I started comedy in end of June, like June 28th like essentially july i started comedy in july i took my first a class i didn't know what a zip zap zap was i didn't know what a red <laughs> ball was nary a hot spot or a or or a, or a, a sweep at it i didn't know any of those things right i just like i was like whatever i'm, I'm doing a, i'm doing the alphabet game in a level a whatever right and i look yeah. at how i got from there and then almost to a to the day a little less than a day actually but a year later i was doing an archive scene on etc wow. you know what I mean? mm-hmm. and i was like like that's a crazy year and I look at that year and I'm like I was like wow I'm like really I, I came a long way I'm really proud of what I did there was a lot of stumbling and a lot of question asking and whatever but then the reason why I say that is because the year after that I was still doing stuff but it wasn't at that same degree and I mm-hmm. I had normalized and I had been led to believe that because of that I was like oh like every year is going to be this monumental for me you know mm-hmm. like I got my agent out of the Bob Curry showcase and I signed with them to the day the day that my um, first improv class was at level a like that's the same day exactly a year later and i had never heard of like what i didn't know what an agent was i i remember knowing i had heard of my agent's name before because i remember in college i went to go see main stage and kelsey kinney was is with them Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing kelsey's name like like on like the program being like she's proudly represented by my agent right so i was like oh like I just, I remember like that day being like, oh, every year is going to be this monumental and big for me. And I was so, this, this is going to sound so stupid, but I was so depressed the year after because I was like, I feel like I didn't do anything compared to last year. I'm, yeah. I'm other shit, right? Because I took Iowa classes and I did get placed on a hero team right away. I was placed in the pool, which actually is the way that it goes now. Like you have to do the pool, but out of the pool, I did not get put on the hero team. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm shit. I like, did I was like not I was like getting things but I was so focused on like comparing myself to my former self and some people compare themselves to other people some people compare but I had so internalized this idea of like and because I had achieved so much success in my first year of doing 
anything remotely related to this the world, I was like, well, it must be like this for everyone. It must be this easy, you know, like, like you know. But and then it took a lot of unlearning and practice for me to be like, wait, I was fed all this stuff because I fit a need and I I fit a need and was a hard worker, and there was like a perfect storm of opportunities come together for me but like that's not normal for me and that's something that like i had been led to believe because of an institution because of um social norms i guess or whatever but you know what i mean like i i like everyone 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 doesn't know what's happening but everyone claims to know what's happening yes and and i was like i was like okay i don't i don't know what i'm doing why am i so focused on like what i don't have and expecting like if I, I I just assume that everything had a correlation. If you do A, you get B. If you do C, you get D. You know. Yeah. Um. You were Steve. You were saying comparing ourselves to our past lives. I think that happens. And then also we we haven't really talked about this, and I think we should. That professional jealousy that kicks in. Uh, specifically, as it, yeah. <laughs> specifically, as oh it pertains to you said, Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Kinney, who was like one of the nicest, most talented people I know. It with with people like that, like I, I did IO with her. We, I came up with her, and then so it was really difficult for me to be like, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Watching Kelsey, like, sort of like, you know, kind of get on main stage, get on Torgo, get on main stage because she's amazing and talented and deserved it. I'm not taking anything away from that, but it sort of starts to get you in your own own head where you were like, wait, I thought I was doing all the things, I was following all the steps, and now. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting what I thought I was supposed to be getting. And so it takes a lot of like reframing it, but you have to like really deal with that professional jealousy and, and envy that you feel. What, what's, what's the healthy one? Professional jealousy? I don't know. Envy, jealousy? I don't know. Uh, so I'm curious if, if either of you have uh, felt that <laughs> in such Girl, a potent I felt way. That <laughs> so hard. I literally have a post it note on my phone that says focus on your own excellence because yes. of. Like title of the show. I feel, I feel <laughs> Ooh, yes. focus on your next one. Well, because yes. I, 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 fo- I have, I have some of the word professional jealousy. It's it it makes it untenable and hard to be friends with me sometimes. Genuinely, and I don't, wow. I don't, I don't express it as much, honestly. And I internalize a lot of it, but it eats away at me. And it's like I feel such so ugly because I genuinely don't know if I have a. I don't know if I'm broken or if I'm a monster. I, I am both of those mm. things, but I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I don't. I, I have a hard time feeling like, like genuine. Oh my god, I, am I admitting this? There's probably like ten people in the world where if they got something, I would be genuinely happy for them. Both of you are on that list. Um, my right, my, 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 my writing partner is on that. My writing partner is on that list. Yeah, we are. My writing partner is on that list, and it's like this. It's this. I mean, I'm I'm having trouble. I I didn't know that we we're going to be talking about professional jealousy today, but I'm glad we are because like. Oh, it's so real. It's so, 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 so real. I, I, I need to stew in this for a second, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, we'll come back to it. That's uh, over constantly, constantly, constantly. Yeah. Well, I think it's, yeah, I agree. I think it's like something you have to work on every day. Like I feel like uh, with my like insecurities, reminding myself, like I have my own path. And just yes. because someone else's light is shining doesn't mean that's taking from my light. And just because my light's shining, I shouldn't let anybody take my light away. Like, I think it's a thing that you have to work on every day to say to yourself, like, I can be sad for myself that I didn't get this opportunity, but I can also be happy for my friend who got this opportunity. I may need a moment to separate my, like, feelings and jealousy um, but in the, in the end of it, it's like, that was their blessing and it's not my blessing. So that is their opportunity. And that is just, that just means it's not my opportunity. And there's more opportunities for us anyways. Like there are other opportunities. And I think that's a thing that we were fed to in these institutions. Like we talked about yeah. before in other episodes, how like, there's just this one opportunity for this one black woman when it's like, there's plenty of opportunities and I am going to like love my sister whoever gets that opportunity and know that like that's their time to shine and my time will come. K 
Carol Burnett in one of her in her one woman show I'll never forget the story that she told and she was talking about she almost got this like pivotal role on Broadway like it would have it would have changed her career and this is before she had gotten Carol Burnett show or like been the person she so then there there again right the the linear uh, success thing is such a farce but she said it went to this other actress and I don't remember their her name but someone was asking her after like aren't you mad like aren't you mad that like you didn't get this or are you angry with you know the person who did get this do you feel like they're like better than you and she was like no because it's not my turn yet I'm going to wait my turn and when it's my turn it'll be my turn but I can't be mad at somebody else for taking their turn and getting what they've de- they deserve and I saw that and I, I saw that a couple years ago and that for me was like oh, that's the message I needed to hear because I was struggling understanding that separating someone else's success from someone else's success does not equal Ashley's failure. And I think we get that so confused. And Felicia, I love what you said, where it's just like getting to the point where you're just like happy for that other person who got it. And then just kind of, you know, being ready for your chance because it'll happen. It just may not be the way that you think it will or when you think it will. 100%. 100%. It's easy to crosswire the two, too. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. My, my writing partner, um, uh, I think I'm about to talk about it now, but um, I'll tell you guys after we finish recording the exact thing, but he just got a writing job on a show, like a, wow. like a, like a thing. Yeah. Congrats. And, oh and I'm so proud of him. And it's crazy because I got asked to submit for, um, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got asked to submit for the same thing. And I did not submit because I, I, I know that like late night writing is just not like something that I'm good at right now. Maybe I'll be good at one day, but I'm not good at right now. I don't yes. find enjoyment in it and it's just not my thing. But this is how I know I'm crazy. I, when he, 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 I, he called me right after he found out, like I was the first person he called, I think. So he called me right after he found out because the, I also, because I, I tried to call, I was tried to FaceTime him to like annoy him about something while he was getting the call about the job. So he called me after being like, sorry, I had to decline your FaceTime. This is why. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I was like, I looked in the mirror and I was like, this is how I know I'm crazy. And I have main character syndrome to a crazy T. I looked in the mirror. And I was like, why do I feel jealous when I did not submit for it when I got asked to submit I did not want to do the job I did not get it but I'm still jealous like what the like what is wrong with me my therapist says a lot of things um but you know that I was just like this professional jealousy is so and it is that constant work that Felicia said right it's like this constant work that I have to do in practicing and um you know like working on it myself and it's also crazy because even when I was thinking about this I was like it's crazy because in the past few months, I've, I've booked a lot more TV shows than I've ever booked in my life. And people are so nice and supportive and happy to me about it. And anytime anyone gets anything, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like fucking Angelica from toys, uh, from Rugrats. I'm like, I'm fucking monster with a off-brand Barbie stomping around, stealing cookies from everyone. I'm like, it's not mine. And I, I feel I, I can recognize when like, I can take, I'm mature enough now where I can take a step back and be like, Steve, you're, you need to like sort this out because this is like some, this is something, but you know, it is not, at least for me, I don't think it's a natural feeling or a natural um, tendency to be able to delineate the two like that and be able to be happy for someone while still being sad for yourself. I think it's really easy to confuse the two. And well, well because yeah. I, I, I'm going to probably project a little bit, but I think what's happening in that moment is we're coming, we're going back to, the training we've all been through where certain auditions happen once a year and they may take two people. And so you get this panic when things happen to other people. You're like, well, that's it for another year or two. I'm not going to have a chance. So I think it's, I think that's, that's part of what we're trying to break when we're like out in the real world and away from these institutions is that like, no, like these are, these are ongoing. These are rolling. People will get these jobs you know, it's, it's, it's happening and there's not like one audition a year and they're not picking two people, the scarcity mindset that we've talked about. Um, so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's so crazy. And I also want to point out Steve, and maybe this is a whole thing for another show. Um, coming to an understanding and being comfortable with what kind of comedian you are or what kind of performer you are is one of the most important things we can do for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I love that you were just like, I know I'm not a late night writer, but like, so why would I submit for something like that? Like being okay to be 
to say that is really hard because we are taught, right, in these institutions, you are training to be on stage and do this type of thing, satire or sketch, three-minute three mm -hmm. sketch. Well, what if you're not good at that? Or what if you don't want to do that? But that's what you're being told I is mean, the only way to be successful. It's, exactly. it's a mind fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's be, And I, I remember like before the pandemic even, like I, I remember a lot, a really popular thing that people would tell each other just to remind each other was like, no is the most powerful word you have, right? Yeah. No, right? No is a really powerful word. But I remember hearing that and I was like, but like I've been told by these institutions, I've been told by everyone that I should be lucky enough i would be so lucky to get xyz right i i remember at a at a really early part in my career it was really drilled into me because i auditioned for bob curry when i was 21 and i was young i didn't know what i was doing i was like i was like mm -hmm. i'm gonna do the stand-up set i guess that i wrote in college and i don't know if it's good but i'm gonna do it and then i did an archive scene from a show that i had actually seen before so i was like and i have pretty good memory but i had never acted in anything before so i was like i remember that nice like that that like good looking guy doing this part in that show so i guess i'll just copy what i saw like i yeah. guess you know it was um it was uh it was from um uh apes of wrath so i was like i remember that show from college you know i remember asher perlman doing that sketch i'll just do what he did you know and um i and it both it, they both ended up working out fine obviously but i remember when i got bob curry i have a really clear memory of this i don't know who it is i i i i i probably don't remember her face anymore but i remember i when i got bob curry after it had been announced the who the cast was i went to um io like later that night or like, w like sometime around then and i was just like walking around in the bar like i was like walking to see somewhere or something I, I don't remember why but i was by myself and someone came up to me who had auditioned for bob curry and she came up to me she was like i know who you are you you didn't deserve it you haven't put in the work Oh my gosh! Oh, Are you serious? And yeah, she was like, that's... "You didn't put in the work. You're 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 too new. Like you don't you don't know what you're doing. Like See, something like along those lines." That's one thousand percent her own insecurity projecting. Yeah. yeah, but at the time, I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." I didn't know how to respond. I mean, how do you respond to that? You know, like especially if you're like new. I was like new to the building. Yeah. I had never taken a class that I. That's a lie. I had taken like level two at Iowa by that point, but I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. So like from like a very early point Jeez. in my career, I had heard like, you don't deserve this because you're too young. You don't deserve this. So I really internalized like for a long time. Oh, like I maybe don't deserve this because I haven't put in the time. And what does that mean? Like, you know, from an XYZ perspective, whatever. Right. I had really internalized that. So, um, yeah, it's really hard to unlearn these things that institutions teach you especially when everyone around you internalizes it and tries to shove it down your throats as well you know and so yeah and i i think that the the way that the system is set up it doesn't allow for us to grow into what we like and mm. and it sort of it sort of reminds me of like being forced to choose a, choose a major at 18 when you go to college which is so mm. stupid because what do you know? But like mm. you, <laughs> when you come to comedy yeah, institutions, really yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you come, you're like, oh, I want to do improv. And like so much of like going through these programs is like reframing what success is, reframing what your dream is. You could come to Chicago and be like, I'm going to be on SNL and then have to like kind of pivot halfway through when you realize like maybe that's not a thing I want. I thought I wanted SNL. It's a thing that I don't think I would ever thrive very well in, in a, in a room like that, um, in a schedule like that. But these institutions don't leave room for that. It's like, you are here to do this one thing, uh, and they don't spend a lot of time in a healthy way talking about and addressing how success looks very different for everybody and how you may not figure out what your true um, way of, of being an artist is it may not come to you for years it may that's, take a may take a while right mm -hmm. sorry if that's that speaks, no that speaks volumes because i feel like what i started second city in 2012 and if it wasn't for the pandemic for me to truly take time and step back and think about yeah. what makes me happy what i would like to do for a career what uh speaks to me in my comedy uh yeah i would have still if we didn't have the pandemic i would still be doing somebody else's show yeah. and saying yes to a bunch of things um that weren't feeding my growth and my like own like mental health and my own comedy that i want to do yeah so i'm like and i like i get so clouded 
being in a space with everybody where it's like, and our combined goal is SNL. And it's right. like, and my goal is SNL too. Yeah. Instead of yeah. thinking like, oh, my goal is this thing. My goal is that thing. And it's okay for everyone's success to look different. So I think that is something that's like not, um, not like taught or like talked about, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you walk into a building and it's like you're confronted with all the headshots of these famous people who did it mm-hmm. this very same way. And you feel like that's the only way. But it's like, no, but it's not. You know, we were talking about um, Patrick Rowland before we got on, uh, who who we all love and we're so proud of. Got a, got a writing job. My level job. one teacher at I.O. What, was he? My level. Yeah. Oh, my level he's one the best. IO. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just seeing like his tweet today that he got a writing job for Amber Ruffin, um, who we all also love and talk about, I think, every single She's podcast. She's the cutest so <laughs> She's much. She's so cute. Um, yeah. And, and his tweet, he says, I'm 44. This is my first writer's room. Just keep working. And it's just like... So the 20 year old who may have gotten, you know, a writing gig at SNL is not any less than Patrick who got it mm-hmm. a little, got it a little later. Like that's just how success is. It comes at different times. It it's comes not during a your line. time. Yeah. 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 I, and I, I remember like once I started watching Drag Race, actually, it was like really interesting <laughs> for me because there are some queens that get on there when they're 21 and like there are some queens that get on there when they're 50, right? Tamisha Iman. So like. My queen. My queen, our queen. We love <laughs> So there's people, you know, and so it's just like, it's the same thing. It's just, and I think it's really easy to focus on when people get it, when people get things when they're young, when people get things when they're early in their career, like people really like to focus on that. But I don't know, that just takes away from your own light. Yeah, that's, that's what takes away from your light. Not the, someone getting something isn't taking away from your light, but the, the yes. focus that you give to other people is what takes away from your light because you're giving away your kerosene. Yes. Girl, kerosene's a non renewable resource, okay? Okay. There's, there's limited fossil fuels. Don't get it twisted. Stop this it. Is, this is not Tesla, okay? This is BP realness. <laughs> Category is Shell Eleganza, and you are dying, okay? <laughs> Bef- uh, before we wrap up this segment, what do we think is the best, like, what? What is a healthy solution to to this with in our institutions? Quit. Quit. <laughs> Don't ever go back. Well, I wonder. Get your MBA. <laughs> be a doctor. <laughs> I wonder, like, with because I feel like with IO and with Second City, um, I felt like there's certain steps that you go to to get to the next step or whatever, blah blah blah. But I feel like at annoyance, they like taught you to like, yeah, take care of yourself and to be that character. And we're not promising you anything. So I feel like more institutions having that mind frame of like, we're not here to (laughs) have a step for you to get to the next step for you to be famous or you to like book whatever show we're here to craft your comedy and then you move forward and grow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that was a big thing that I think like, I mean, here's what I'll say. I think like second city, when I did Bob Curry, a big thing they told us from the beginning is you are not guaranteed anything. The mm-hmm. only thing you're guaranteed, and I, I've said this for years, the only thing you're guaranteed when you do Bob Curry is a group of amazing um, uh, marginalized artists who you get to work with and be friends with forever. That's mm-hmm. it, right? That's it. That's the only thing that's guaranteed. And they made that pretty clear. They were like, the only thing we're really training you to do is be a good Second City actor, but like, you're not guaranteed anything out of Bob Curry except for like a post-mortem meeting and... <laughs> and a t-shirt yeah you got t-shirts yeah we got t-shirts miss thing we did not get t-shirts uh we kept asking every week for a t-shirt miss thing you gotta ask for the a free t-shirt too, a bitch was too meek to ask for a t-shirt <laughs> a bitch was too meek to ask what a sweet bed it was when they said that i was like that seems offensive just tell a bunch <laughs> that of, just seems tell a bunch of improvisers of color to do a sweet edit that seems stop it <laughs> i was well, like uh Anyway, but you know, but but you don't you're not guaranteed anything. But I think that it is in the culture of us to talk about things as if we're as as if like the success is linear and we're demanding these things from our institutions, which we should. I mean, we should 100% be demanding X, Y, Z from institutions. But I think just from like a logistical standpoint, I think it 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 would behoove the general public um, of improvisers if we're all if we all remind our, remind each other how conversations like this the success is not linear and I think a lot of people say it and like I think it's like very popular to say this kind of stuff and I think it's like very in right now but genuinely like there's a difference between saying it and believing it and I have heard it and repeated it that because I hear other people saying it all the time but had I always believed it no no I was I mean, always like I'm the yeah. exception 
Yeah, yeah, it's going to sneak up on you. I think I think something that might be interesting, and I don't know that certain institutions will do this because, as we've talked about in our capitalism episode, mm-hmm. the money is the bottom line. But we talk a lot about, obviously, about diversity uh, on stage. But diversity of what we're seeing on stage as far as like mm-hmm. six people on a stage doing a, you know, hour and a half review. Well, what if what if these institutions like threw away that for like maybe one night a week and had one of these big stages doing something as insane as like, what is it? Splatter theater at annoyance, which obviously that's, that's, that's the way end of the spectrum where they're not going to put blood on the stage, but like just kind of throwing away the template and like letting the a diversity of like, I don't know what it is. Um, art come through, you know, mm-hmm. when you go to an art gallery, you're, you're seeing a lot of different types of paintings and stuff. Like, you know, you're not walking into a room and being like, okay, this one is the same as this one is the same as this one. It might be kind of cool to, to like switch it up. So people have different ways to shine. Maybe that person who can't write a, a three, a solid three minute sketch can do an amazing, you know, uh, whatever, X, Y, Z, whatever art form it is i think these institutions get so like caught up in using the same formula that they know is like this will be successful and this yeah. will bring in revenue instead yeah. of like hey let's try and like really push the boundaries if we say we're going to push the boundaries yeah, yeah people they're, they're so obsessed with revenue and i'm like missing if you guys are so obsessed with revenue then like hire people with mbas that's a good money investment and yeah you're letting people run businesses who have who are weaponizing their bfas Get okay. finance. Yeah. What are we doing? Their yeah. Or not, yeah. not MFA, MBAs. I mean, not MFAs. Don't get, don't hire MFAs either. Hire, hire MBAs. Hire people, <laughs> hire people who know how to balance a checkbook. Hire MFAs for stage sometimes if you want, but also don't hire MFAs for stage. Uh, yeah, I don't people, everybody MFA. can do it. I don't have one. <laughs> um, okay. Any final thoughts on this segment before we move on to our shit jar? Success is not linear. Focus on your own excellence. Focus on your own excellence. That is so good. I'm going to be thinking about that all night. Steve is eating the microphone. Okay, it's time for the shit jar. It is our gossip restorative justice coping mechanism part of the show. We're going to share a story about something bad or funny that may have happened to us. And we're going to figure out a way to fix it. Do either of you have an entry for today's shit jar? I do, I do. I'm going to I'm going to enter in my story mm. that I said a few minutes ago, however yes. long this episode is, um, uh, about the the person who walked up to me right after I got Bob Curry in the the bar of IO and was very mean to me. Absolutely insane. <sighs> can you can you describe in detail? Maybe this will help. Let's let's be real specific about the details. Do you remember what you were wearing, what they were wearing, how they walked? where you were specifically, what you were drinking. Um, I don't remember. I, I remember actually parts of those. I was standing, you know how like there's, when you walk into IO, oh my God, I kind of miss it. <laughs> you know, when you walk into IO, there's like the, the, that like little wall thing that they have where people would put like yep. postcards of the shows. Yep. I was entering and then you know how you have to cross on either side, left or right to get like to the bar area. I was entering IO and was walking towards the event space to go in like the right side by the kitchen by the, by the ATM we, by, mm. by the ATM yeah <laughs> so I was walking there and then they stopped me like in front of the event space like that by is the, the by rudest the thing so it's like she went outside of her, like her way to be rude yeah and um yeah and it was weird because it's like it was this high of a success and then like you get right back brought, brought back down to earth because of that you know should we role play it <laughs> yeah do you want me to be Ooh. me do you want me to be me or do you want me to be the person can i be the shitty girl can i yeah be i want felicia to, that's how i want this casting to go i'm the director here <laughs> felicia's gonna be the shitty girl steve is gonna be himself <laughs> do you do you want me to react like i did the day of i want you to react like you would today oh, oh. yeah <laughs> Like, keep in mind whatever i say is not to felicia it's too hard, okay just keep that in mind okay okay and lights oh hi are you stephan hi yeah i'm i'm stephan hi what's your name um my name is atm oh that's a fun name yeah thank you so much my mom yeah. she was like she was at the atm when she had me so she was like why not cool um well i'm gonna go see my friend oh wait i just wanted to say i saw that they announced bob curry yeah um and it's just interesting that you got it because you're so like young and you haven't been 
um, performing that long. So I just don't know if like truly you deserved it, but I saw your name on the on the thing. Oh, you don't think I deserve it? Mm-mm. Okay, well, listen. First of all, you raggedy bitch. I saw your little, <laughs> I saw your little bit that you did at your audition. Okay, it's not that funny to talk about dating apps. Okay, where are you, a fucking heterosexual comedian? Okay, so you gotta get your life together. First of all, okay. Also, where are you wearing Aeropostale right now? Uh, uh-uh, uh, Miss Thing. Okay, the, the, the 2007 called. She wants her outfit back. Okay, category is raggedy black eyed peas are stomping on your throat. Realness. Okay, bitch, you look like Boom Boom Pow comes out of your little queef every time you try to have sex okay so i don't know why you're so raggedy and fugly they probably they probably wanted you to get into bob curry but they didn't accept you because you're so you're so fugly and you got a craggly you got a craggly hairline okay bitch that should look like simba is being lifted off of rafiki right now because it's so craggly and your hairline looks whack okay it looks like the rock that they did that on okay it looks like ariel is about to pop out of your little widow's peak right now and is about to sing about wanting to have her breast fondled by prince eric okay you got messed up hairline and messed up attitude to match so Bye, bitch. Wait. And that's how. I Wait. Know. Yeah. What's up? Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, I just wanted you to know that you just like, <laughs> you just let me know. Yeah. That you did deserve your spot, and I Thank apologize. You. Thank you. And also, yeah. I love Aeropostale. They don't love you back. Given, <laughs> judging, judging by the fit, judging by how that that hug is hugging you, they don't like you back. I love that scene. I love. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. the Chris Farley Theater is now open. <laughs> <laughs> and you go enjoy your improv Shakespeare because I know that's what you came to see. They're just really talented. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so good. Um, that was fantastic. So that's how I would respond. So that's how I would respond. Just, yeah. I love that. That is so funny. First of all, just yeah. starting off like, wait a minute, you raggedy yeah. bitch. Is. <laughs> Also, necessary. if I remember, I don't remember exactly how she looked, but I think she was like a white woman. <laughs> mm. Like in my mind, at least, she was like a like a like a blonde white woman. <laughs> Damn it! Or white passing at the very least. I don't know. Oh, she was but the was devil. Like, That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah, I, I I don't have her face clearly in my mind, but I remember like she had blonde hair and she was. I think she was white. And I don't think she was wearing AirPods. She was probably wearing something nice. But in my mind. Ugh. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, I'm sorry, too. But, you know, I have a sharp tongue now. So if anyone comes mm. from me. You whipped it. You did it. <laughs> Felicia's not okay. <laughs> I felt personal. Felicia, wait, I, hold on. I have to do this now because I felt bad saying that to Felicia's face. But, Felicia, you are beautiful. Yeah. You are oh wonderful. Oh, my God. Wait, I love your, you so much. Your, your fashion sense is so cozy and lovely and beautiful and hot and too sexy. Too sexy. It's the word. It's the word. Um, hey, you know the word? Hi, 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 it's H-Y-G-G-E. It's like, the, it's like the Danish word for coziness. It's like. It's like that mixed with like I'm trying to think about like a a a, a word that's not as disgusting as like sex. <laughs> Maybe that's my own in some ways. It's like sex and hag. I don't know how to say that word, but if you go to IKEA, they have that word everywhere. Yeah. What it's Steve is trying to say beautiful. is that he would like to share a bowl of ice cream with you, if possible. <laughs> yeah. Felicia, you are the the you're the song "Run to You" by Whitney Houston. And Come On Over by Christina Aguilera, personified oh, in the human. Oh, that's beautiful. <gasps> that's and so Always nice. Be My Baby. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. That is so beautiful. You're always be my you're do you're the you're the the doing the electric slide doing not. the always be my baby equivalent. Don't and make Ashley, me cry. The, Ashley, you are I'll, I'll hype Ashley up too. You yes. are think of the, the the songs that um uh, encapsulate that you are oh my god, you know you are you are what a girl wants. <laughs> specifically the moment where Christina Aguilera picks up a, a dodgeball and throws it at a that guy's That sounds face. right. That sounds exactly correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're I that moment where she does that and she does a riff. Yes. And then she does a riff during it. You're that mm-hmm. your Pink's iconic fun house song Please Don't Leave Me. <laughs> crooning <laughs> you are a, you are the center of a Cinnabon not at a mall though wow, not a mall, not a mall Cinnabon but like a normal oh Cinnabon like a, like a storefront oh. like, a, like, a, like a normal Cinnabon mixed with the, the two nice workers that aren't judgmental at a Warby Parker oh 
that's a great compliment. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Thank you so much. Steve, would you like us to do you? No, okay, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm welcome to the Black Parade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcome to the Black Parade and I'm not okay by my chemical romance. That's it. No, you are everything. So good. Let's get off this compliment train before I barf. Uh, let's wrap this up with our improv edits. We're going to call something out today and talk about whether we'd sweep at the problem, tag it out. Maybe not sweep at it. Uh, Steve has a adverse reaction to that phrase. So <laughs> it's just because I didn't know what it was. When I- <laughs> um, oh, yeah. you know what? Oof. You know what? I'm going to uh, zip zap zap, and that's using little like flamethrowers to like light people shine, let people shine. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I'm going to use that voice in my head that we're taught in like level one. And then I thereby I teach other people. If you feel like you have a walk on, maybe save it for a, a later scene. It's that energy that you have. I'm going to I'm going to use that energy and I'm going to wait because I'm showing patience because it's not my turn yet. You know, just wait. Just chill. Yeah. That's my thing. What you got, Steve? Okay, I'm going to use the watch, the Apple watch, on a, a gay white improviser's wrist. I'm going to take the harsh light that comes off the Jason chin at IO. I'm going to take the watch light. I'm going to I'm going to um, tilt the Apple watch on the light from the stage light to create a fire off of the drink on the front row of the Jason Chin during a pool show, I'm going to create a fire. I'm going to burn down the lobby before that bitch, that raggedy bitch could say anything to me three years ago. <laughs> Arson. Arson. We talked a lot about a, uh, some crimes on this podcast today, so <laughs> yikes! I'm not an actual arsonist. I'm very afraid of the elements. I, <laughs> I read Angels and Demons at a very vulnerable point in my life. I'm very afraid to die by elements. Yeah. D- d- I, good. I don't want you to be an arsonist. <laughs> Fire. Imagine burning to death or drowning to death or be, having dirt stuffed down your throat. I don't or having want your any lungs- of those. Having your lungs slit open by the Trevi Fountain? Imagine. No. Mm. Imagine all the people. Imagine. Okay. Let's get out of here. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to email us if you have a shit jar entry at comedyhasanouchie at gmail.com. Hey, Felicia, what is something good happening in comedy? Uh, something good happening in comedy is Ted Lasso. If you oh, want to see man, something get on that. sincere, so something like oh, funny and yes. like uh, just all around goodness, watch Ted Lasso. It it was really good. I've heard, yeah. I've heard this. I need to get on it. Everybody tells me it's good. But only since Felicia told me I'm going to now watch it. I only trust what <laughs> Felicia says. Uh, I'm on the backs. Don't trust me yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got that sweet bag. Uh, Steve, uh, what's something good happening in comedy? Um, uh, um, okay, it's not very funny, but you could laugh at it if you're okay. crazy. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna push it on to everyone. Yeah. Watch it. It's not very funny. Oh, WandaVision. WandaVision is kind of funny. Yeah, it Watch has its really moments. Good. Yeah, okay. for sure. And that, Catherine Hahn. And that one line, mm-hmm. that one, Catherine Hahn's very funny. And that one line, um, what is love but grief? Uh, sorry, what is not was love? What is grief but love persevering? Yes. That's oh, I saw a version like quote a few weeks ago that was like, "Grief is just oh. um, grief is grief is the price that we pay for love, and it's a price worth paying." Yes. Oh, my favorite quote from that show, and I think that actually falls in line with our theme today, was when um, she goes, "I don't need you to tell me who I am." I was like, "Oh, Wanda, I needed Wanda. to hear that. Thank you so much." Thank you so much. And oh my god, also this has nothing to do with what we talked about today, but when they're like, we've said goodbye before, which uh, gives the reason that we'll say hello yes. again. Sobbing. Uh, Sobbing! Sobbing. So good. Um, I'm gonna say, for me, I just started this show on HBO Max. It was on Comedy Central. It's called Southside. Have y'all seen this yet? I haven't watched it all. Rashawn, she is. I lost my mind the first time she was on. She was singing, and I was like, "Oh oh my god, she's so amazing!" 
Um, voice. And then Tyler Davis oh. just showed up in one of the episodes, and that was super fun. Um, yeah, it's it's been really funny. I, I I like it. I like that it's it's shot in Chicago and and just just so so silly. So I recommend that after you watch Ted Lasso, WandaVision, Soldier Falcons, <laughs> Falcon and Children. <laughs> No, I haven't watched Southside first. That's the show with the most melanin in it. Watch Southside. Yes. That's the one that I'm going to push. Watch that. And yeah. That's a show of color. WandaVision is not a show of color. <laughs> no, it struggles on that front. Although Falcon and Winter Soldier does um, talk about, like, the Black experience as a Marvel character, which is pretty nuanced and at least so far. Yeah. I would love them to dive a bit more. We'll find out next week. Find out Thursdays. They come out Thursdays at midnight PST. Or PDT, sorry, it's daylight. Oh, so it's like PDT. three o'clock in the East Coast. Okay. All right. We're going to go. We're going to go be decent human beings. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 This is an Area Code podcast.